Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is one that is well known to all of us. The parable of the prodigal son. At least that's what we call it. Perhaps it would be better known as the parable of the two sons. The first son, the prodigal one, is the one we think about most often. He desires his inheritance early. He takes it, and he goes off to the ancient version of Las Vegas, where he quickly gambles away all his inheritance in what the Bible very kindly calls loose living. It's a lifestyle that our modern society is very familiar with because it's a lifestyle that is glorified on TV. But as often happens, when the money runs out, the fun ends for the prodigal son. When there's no money to buy drinks, his posse of friends runs off. After a while, the bars and the clubs won't honor his credit, and the bouncers won't even let him in the door. He can't pay the rental fee for his lavish hotel room. The creditors soon began filing suit against him. The debt collectors come knocking at his door at all hours of the day. The fun, loose, living lifestyle quickly runs out. And the prodigal son becomes desperate. He ends up working at a pig farm, a profession considered unclean for an Israelite. His desperation is so great, he even desires to kneel down next to the pigs and steal some of their food. And then the Bible says, he comes to himself. Rather than wallow his life away in pig barns, the son repents. And he remembers the mercy of his father. With his head hung low, he decides to return and beg to become a servant of his father knowing that at least then he'll have food to eat. He knows that his father gives to his servants better than they deserve, and maybe the same will be true for him. And so shamefully, he returns. But even before he arrives home, his father sees him from afar and runs out to greet him in his repentance. The father embraces him 
and forgives him before he can even ask for mercy, before he could even beg to become a servant, the Father has shown his love to him. The fatted calf is killed. The Father's feast is set. The rejoicing and celebrating begins. For from the Father's eyes, the Son who was lost is found. The Son who is dead is now alive. We've heard before about this parable and we know it, that this is exactly the way our Heavenly Father deals with repentant sinners. He shows them mercy. He gives them forgiveness. He gives them blessings and life and salvation. The sins of those forgiven by our Heavenly Father are gone, not even a memory. The prodigals are welcomed back with grace and forgiveness and mercy forever. Dear Christian, maybe at some point in your life, you too had been a prodigal. Maybe you'd been off somewhere else acting foolishly. Maybe you've even done it here at home. Maybe you've made choices you're not happy with. Maybe you've sinned. Father's mercy for your sin is greater than any wrong you could do. The Father desires you to be forgiven. He wishes to welcome you back with grace and forgiveness forever. Maybe you've been a prodigal, but maybe you've been the other brother as well. The truth is, so often we're really not the prodigal son, are we? We haven't had crazy life in Las Vegas, but instead, we live pretty mundane, regular lives. We're like the brother who stays behind while others go off and do the sinning. We remain behind, certain that that brother that we know about, who's gone off, who's done those terrible things, will finally, in the end, get what's coming to him. And that when that happens, we, who took the mundane path will be the favored one, the blessed one, the beloved one. I mean, really, we're the ones who are in church every week, aren't we? We're the ones who sit in the pew and listen to God's word, or at least act like it. We're the ones who obey what God says. Don't believe me? Look how much 
I put in the offering tray each week. Especially when compared to that person over there. Look how holy my life appears outwardly compared to those who commit adultery or whose lives are all chaotic and crazy. Look how much better I am compared to them. I'm perfect. Well, let's just be honest. It's not even a good comparison to set me up against one of those prodigal sons. Whether we realize it or not, we say these words to ourselves all the time. Our society teaches us to judge others in such a way. Put down your neighbor so that you can see how good you are. And then that cursed prodigal son returns into our world. He comes and sits in our pews, repentant, desiring mercy, but knowing that he deserves none from God. And when we look over at him out of the corner of our eyes, just like the older brother in our text for today, we want justice. We want fairness, justice, social justice, judicial justice, personal justice. Yes, you can return, dear prodigal, but just know that you'll always be a little less than me. I've never strayed like you have. I've never sinned as you have. So go get into your subservient place. Bow down to holy, righteous me. Do you see the sin of the older brother? Do you see that sin in yourself? You see, so often, when we hear the parable of the prodigal son, we fail to see ourselves in it. And more often than not, we're not the prodigal son, we're the older brother, the one who stayed home, the one who judges according to his own rule book. And while we act all high and mighty, we fail to notice what the Father has done. We fail to notice who has received mercy. The sinful brother prodigal brother, the repentant brother, 
The prodigal who has returned with a contrite spirit has been forgiven. The repentant sinner is embraced by his father and is a son again, the same as you and I. God has mercy on all who realize their sin, who confess their sin, and who desire to do better. The prodigal son, instead of having to earn trust, he is forgiven. Instead of having to make penance, he is forgiven. Instead of being found guilty in the news and tried in the court of public opinion, he is forgiven. Wait a second, God, what gives? Why should he receive the same treatment as me? Why should a sinner be treated as a son? Look at these many years that I've served you. I've never disobeyed your command. I've been a Sunday school teacher. I've been a trustee. I've cared for the church. I've served on the board of elders. And you've never thanked me once. I've been to the voters' meetings. I've shoveled the sidewalk in front of the church. I've done all sorts of work. Don't I deserve more than the one who wandered away? Don't I deserve more than the one who does nothing here? Don't I get a bigger piece of the pie? Shouldn't I get more recognition from God? Won't I have a better seat in heaven? It's a failure to recognize the truth that even us who live the more mundane life, who sit in the pew week in and week out, who have not been to Las Vegas, wasting away our lives in loose living, that we too are sinners. We've broken God's word. Maybe in different ways than a prodigal son, but we've broken that word all the same. We need to repent, to come to ourselves and realize that on our own, we have no hope. We don't even deserve to be called children of God. And upon realizing this truth, here's what happens. 
Our Father, our Heavenly Father, answers our sin with compassion and with truth to us in our pride. Son, you are always with me. What's mine is yours. What's mine is yours. It's fitting to celebrate and be glad, for your brother was dead and now is alive, was lost and is found, and you too, in your sin, were lost, but now are found. The things of God are yours. You are a member of the family of God, and all the blessings of heaven above belong to you here, now, today. God has given them to you generously through his Son, Jesus Christ. You are washed in his blood. You eat and drink for forgiveness of your sins. You may eat of the lamb who was slain. You are forgiven. Prodigal, judgmental, you are forgiven. Forgiven by the blood of Jesus. And you ought to rejoice in your brother's repentance and repent of your own high and mighty attitude. You see, we're really not any different. We all have sinned and all been forgiven by God's great mercy. Dear friends in Christ, God desires to show mercy. Your father sent your brother to secure mercy, forgiveness, and life for you. No, not your prodigal brother, not the judgmental brother, the third brother, Jesus, the one who is called faithful and true. He's the fatted calf that is slaughtered for the feast. He's the one who has been sent by the Father to seek you out, to earn mercy for you, to suffer for your sins in your place, to grant forgiveness for all of them, even the secret hidden ones just as well as the very public, well-known ones. Jesus gives you life in the face of death. He destroys the power of Satan in your life. And all that he does for you, dear sinful brothers, by his work on the cross, by his bloodshed, by his death, and by his suffering, he does because he loves you. Christ does all that, dear friends, so that you might be welcomed back by the Father and finally be at peace, be at comfort, be in joy. Your sins are forgiven. That means you're no longer a prodigal son Your sins are forgiven. You're no longer a judgmental, sinful son. You're set free in Jesus. 
free to love the person down the pew the same way God loves you. Free to give generously to those in need without having to worry if God will be pleased by it. You're free to see your brother's sin and help them with compassion and care to walk through it and out of it. You're free because of Jesus. Be received into your father's family. Hear his words. Your sins are forgiven in the blood of the Lamb of God who takes them away forever and ever. In the name of Jesus, amen. And now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.